Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Nutter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And... The one and only Dave Watson. Hello, boys. It's been a while. Yes. A spirit of, dare I say, optimism. Uh, my chief question to open the pod, and I'll direct this at you, Paul. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. <laughs> I've We're signing players that we need in the positions we need them, who we've heard of because they're quite good. <laughs> it never happens. I don't rem- It's been a long time since we've signed someone who I had heard of before we signed them. Yeah. Or before we were linked with them. Or heard of them in an exciting... Even though Rondon was a good signing, we'd heard of him before, but you were never like, ooh, Spurs are after Rondon. It'd be good if we could get him. And Rondon was a loan signing. Yeah. These are all yeah. now Newcastle players. But this is what winds me up. It's it's like um, when we've got a really good manager, we don't let him pick the the um, the, the transfers that he needs, or we, we don't you know don't back him in the transfer window. But when we've got a poor one like McLaren or Bruce, not only do they get a lot of money to spend, but they go off and buy like Genie Wijnaldum or. Dave, we're one I mean, minute into the season. I was about to say, <laughs> we're about to, we're, some of the best stuff that's happened to Newcastle, <laughs> the most positive things in fucking years, and about 90 seconds, seconds in, you managed to use it 
as a method to criticize Steve Bruce. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, maybe a little bit. But I have to say, I am really excited to see um, Callum Wilson because if he plays as he has done for Bournemouth, I think he could be the... Um, he's like the most complete striker we've had since Devin Babar. Yeah. But let me just run and through... For, yeah. for anyone who's not been, I, I should have, you know, like a proper podcast, actually written an introduction or something. Nah. But for anyone who's <laughs> not entirely up to date on what's going on, uh, we may well talk about the takeover later, but we wanted to start with transfers because, as as we say, it's it's um, pretty positive when you compare it to previous windows. Uh, we have, uh, in the last few days, we've signed... Uh, Callum Wilson for £20 million from Bournemouth. We've signed Ryan Fraser on a free from Bournemouth. We've signed uh, Jamal Lewis from Norwich, uh, the left-back, uh, for £15 million. And we have signed, well, a couple of weeks ago, we got Jeff Hendrick, didn't we, from Burnley, Burnley. Yeah. on a free. Burnley. And yeah. uh, we've also got a, an old keeper from Motherwell. But... Um, it's uh, it is very encouraging, isn't it? Should we? Yeah, let's start with um, Callum Wilson. Dave's excited. Mm. Paul, yeah, I'll, it's the sort of player we don't sign, so I don't really know how to react to it. But he's a twenty-eight-year-old striker who, if he gets the chances, will get double figures. He's an England international. I like the the circumstances of his signing as well. He was talking about being influenced by the film Goal. A <laughs> bit of that bears well for like his mental state, but I like it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's telling that it hasn't brought in a lot of other players, the film Goal. But yeah. Most of them are brought in by our friends in the North or Biker Grove <laughs> or Spain. <Yeah. laughs> um, I'll, I'll give, I'm going to, I'll give the, the, the the positive side on Callum Wilson and the negative. The positive is I was watching it, like you say, he is a proven uh, Premier League British striker, and um, it's yeah, he's got a lot of goals. I was watching a compilation of his goals. The player who he rem- I was trying to place him. Who does he remind me of as a striker? I was getting Andy Cole. Yeah, I was getting. Like in the sense that a quite pacey. To be to be fair, it's a compilation of all his goals for Bournemouth. So I was probably watching quite a lot of goals from five years ago. But quite pacey, quite uh, uh, good. At, like not necessarily playing with his back to the goal. Although I suppose if you're watching a compilation of goals, it's not going to be with the back. Anyway, what am I saying? Right, he's got. A lot of goals in the six-yard box, a lot of pace, a lot of running up players. He reminded me of Andy Cole. I think as well. Well, I think he's the most underrated striker in Premier League history. I think another comparison is he's sort of like a better version of Dwight Gale. I think it's interesting when we switched to four at the back and had Gale up front. Gale's Gale's stats after lockdown were almost a goal every two games or something. So you think a better version of him in an improved team like that, will will get goals. The possible I, think, I think there's more to Wilson's Wilson's game. Uh, to be honest, I think he's he's bigger and stronger than than Gale. Certainly, he's better with on like, better with his head. 
Um, yeah, I understand the comparisons that you two have made with Andy Cole and Dwight Gale, but I, th- I think there's more to his game. Well, it's got it's a bit of fun though, isn't it? You've always got to compare someone with someone else. I've got one <laughs> more like you can do. Who I already said that he, he reminds me of Denver Bar. Denver Bar, kind of, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he's got goals. He's he's a bit of a, a, a physical presence up front. Good technique. Um, yeah, I, I would say he's more like Denver Bar than Dwight Gale because he's not he's not just a poacher. You know, he's got. I think he's got more to his game. I'm really excited to see what he what he. Uh, brings and I know we'll get on to Fraser at the minute, but I think it's it's really good that we brought not only the end product but also the the like the production line for that end product. Um, him and Ryan but, Fraser, yeah, yeah, as a combination, uh, it has worked very well in the past. I think two seasons ago they had the this the the most. They combined for the most number of goals of any two players in the Premier League. Um, just just because I'm that sort of a person, just to put a little bit of doubt in your mind, a couple of negatives on Callum Wilson. He has had a couple of ACL injuries. It's to his credit that he's come back from them, but that suggests that he can get a serious injury, he could get another serious injury again. And uh, he also, to be fair, he was playing with a team who did, who had a terrible season last year. But I think he's got like three goals in the last nearly thirty games. So I, 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 yeah. I would players, just interject on that point and say that he was playing for a pretty terrible Bournemouth side, um, and for a great, like a decent portion of that, he was playing without uh, Ryan Fraser. Uh, who was his main supply line? So he hasn't scored in a bit, but uh, no, I, I still, I still think he'll score goals for us. I, I reckon I'm, he'll I'm, get with twelve to fourteen. I'm optimistic, but you know, there was there's been some talk of like we're bringing in guaranteed goals, and it's like there's no such thing. I think he's as close as you can get for us. If we were to bring in anyone and say they are guaranteed goals, I can't see who else you would have chosen. Anyone that we budget. could realistically buy, yeah, I am very confident he would score more goals than Joe Linton got. Yeah, last season. <laughs> but, but well, the thing about Callum Wilson, he's a player who I would have put in. I wouldn't have put in the category of anyone we can realistically buy because mm. he's not the sort of player we buy. That's what's exciting about these players coming in. He was wanted. By Spurs, wasn't he? Or he was linked with Spurs. I know Spurs. He's been wanted. linked with Spurs a lot. A while ago, I don't know how recently Villa were after him at the same time as us. So that's another exciting thing: is we seem to have fought off of the teams for these signings. Um, Ryan Fraser signed on a free under a little cloud. Certainly, if you're a Bournemouth fan, right? Just yeah. if you're not up to date, I've only just um, recently got myself all of this but he basically his contract was up in June so he could have potentially signed a little extension to help Bournemouth stay up a club that he's been with for a long time since they were in League One but because of personal reasons I guess in in terms of not wanting to get injured and 
not be able to get a contract because it is a precarious situation for a player. He didn't do that, which didn't go down well with Bournemouth fans. And he also apparently said in January that he knew that his contract was up, so he wasn't trying as hard. (laughs) It's not... I mean, so there are some questions there. But positives on Ryan Fraser... There are many, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Was it two seasons ago? It was only De Bruyne who got more assists than him in the league. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's a quality player on his day. There are There's definitely worries about his attitude based around those circumstances. But I think, would we have... What would we have been like if Matty Longstaff had refused to sign an extension? It's different because he wasn't a... If he had signed his extension, you think Ryan Fraser probably could have kept Bournemouth up. So I think I can see why Bournemouth fans are annoyed. Yeah, I think if Marty Longstaff hadn't signed, then it would all ended up being blamed on Steve Bruce because that's the way. Yeah, and and, and Mike Ashley because that's the way things are. Isn't it? But, but I, I, I think what what you have to look at with Fraser is that you know he he was he was linked with 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 teams like Arsenal. Um, but when that didn't didn't happen, um, you know, he, he was maybe had his head turned, as, as they say. And I don't think Bournemouth could afford to give him the kind of contract that he would be expecting at his age. You know, because you know, he, he is needing a big, well-paid mm. contract to, to see him through the retirement. Um, I don't know if Bournemouth could afford to give him that. So if if um, people are having a go on him because he didn't try as hard or, or whatever during the um, you know post lockdown situation, and he didn't want to have a short term extension to his deal. Then I, I can kind of like I'm, I'm yeah, not. It, I, it, it doesn't. It doesn't complete. It doesn't mean he's a bastard. I mean, he's he's 26, and so his next contract is going to be his big contract, isn't it? Mm. So, um, as in, uh, presumably the contract he's just signed. Mm. I so think as well, these signings, these signings coming in, it's not like when we got Kabai and all the, the French lot where they were very much coming in with Newcastle as a stepping stone before their next move. Like mm. Callum Wilson isn't coming to us to see if he can get a move to... No, or, that's a, yeah, not at all, yeah. Ryan yeah. Fraser may think, oh, maybe, if, I mean, he's only 26, maybe if I have a couple of great seasons. Yeah. Then I'll get a big move, but then that'll be good for us. But uh, let's talk about him as a player. Fantasy League favourite for me, Pacey. Who would name, because I enjoy this game, <laughs> name a player that you think of that, that you'd like to compare with Ryan Fraser that you think he reminds you of. A Gucci Onyewu. <laughs> I I have to admit, even though I've watched most like a lot of football over the last five years, I don't really know anything about Ryan Fraser. I just know he gets a lot of assists in fantasy league terms. I know he's quick, but that's about it. He's quick. He's short. He's sort of hunched. He's got that sounds like the beginning of a chant. He's quick. He's short. He's short. He's sort of hunched. Um, he's got. High shoulders, a bit almost like um, that old that that 
cricketer Gladstone Small from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Not to that level. If it, it look, in my head, is a bit like Damien Duff. Uh-huh. That Short, well. Celtic. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But uh, I think with, with Fraser Dave, and Scott... Dave, well, who are you comparing with him? Give, give me a name. Uh, oh, crap, I would say... Um, I, maybe no, no. I was going to say Harry Kuehl from from way back when, but yep, yep, yep. It, good, thank you. Good, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I'm like Paul. I I know him. I know what he produces, but I couldn't say. Oh, he's like Keith Gillespie, or he's like you know, he's not. He's not like Robert. He's not no. like Shinola. He's not like St Maximum. He's, he's like not like Almiron. He's, he's like, like Mr Ryan Kipling. Frozen. I'm aware of his brand, but I couldn't tell you a thing about the person. Now, I'm very much hoping that all these positive signings doesn't mean that we're about to wake up tomorrow to find out that St. Maximin's going. Let's assume St. Maximin is staying. I think he probably is. Yeah. Uh, And let's assume that Fraser and St. Maximin and Almiron... I mean, we... I'm assuming, I'm assuming we're all agreed on what our front four, first choice front four will be, and it's quite an exciting prospect. Yeah. Then Maximin, Almiron, uh, Wilson and Fraser. I think Wilson also allows us to play Joe Linton in his natural position, which, although it's not mm-hmm. exciting, it's possibly a more exciting squad rotation than let's see if Atsu can do it this time. Are you think yeah. his most... most his his natural position is as in the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think you have to consider that Wilson allows us to play with two up front in a way that oh. like we haven't been able to before. So we could play Joe Linton as part of a partnership and play like a, a four four two, like some version of a four four two. Or we could be playing with like because Wilson could easily slot in alongside Andy Carroll or like when he's fit a Dwight Gale and have that kind of mobility up front. So, um, I don't I see a start. I don't see a no. start with two up front very often. But Not very often, no. For the last for the last twenty five minutes or whatever. I think it was yeah, like exactly. last season we made the switch to four two three one and seemed so much better for it. And all these players mm-hmm. we signed get into our first eleven in that system. So, um. When I think of Ryan Fraser, I think of him playing on the left. Yeah, I think he does predominantly. He can play on either. I think he can even play as a number ten. So, and that would be the same for Saint Maximin. So and Almiron. Yeah. So I would, yeah, but I would say that Saint Maximin is much more comfortable playing on the right than Fraser is because St. Maximum's game isn't so much about getting to a certain point of the pitch and putting in a, a cross with his favoured foot. It's more about dancing past 28 players and then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dribbling one in the keeper's hands. And Almiron, again, he, he's not about the cross. So I think with Fraser, you play Fraser in his preferred position because you know that's worked with him and Wilson before. So you don't you don't mess with that, and you mm. let the team get used to the, how those two play, and they'll get used to how the rest of the team. You, you keep that the way it is, and I would play. I think I'd play Almiron on the right, and I'd give Alan St. Maximum a bit of like a free reign in the centre. 
Ooh, I quite like Almiron at number 10, though. Didn't you really slag Bruce off for playing Sir Maximin in the centre last season? No, I didn't. I slagged off Steve Bruce for not having things. a plan for St. Maximin and just, you know, get the ball to St. Maximin. That was his plan. So where he played was almost irrelevant. It was about he didn't have an idea of how to get the best out of the team using St. Maximin. So, so in my... Uh, as I love to do, to sort of like touch the bruise of talking about Steve Bruce. Um, he deserves a bit of credit here, doesn't he? Because it seems like he has won an argument with the board or at least put forward a case that has, one presumes Rafa has made in the past and other managers probably for not being so strict on our rules of recruitment, uh, on having mm. to, to to buy players under a certain age and with a sell-on value and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he seems to have persuaded those in power that uh, these all seem to be his picks aside. Yeah. And he's I think one there's, there's a question of whether it's a coincidence. It's... Everyone's tried it. He's been lucky to be in the seat at the right time when Ashley has actually been a committed seller. So just wants sure. to keep us up. Sure, yeah. Time I also a- think we can't assume that. I think you have to say most of our managers have tried to get Ashley to change the transfer blueprint. Benitez managed to in the championship, but not the premiership. And part of the job of being Newcastle manager, part of the skill set has to be ability to work with that chairman. Yeah, I think it does deserve credit. It's out of nowhere, Mike. Ashley's done this. It's like it's like when you're about to finish with a girl, but then you have one night of incredible sex. I mean, are are we people who can relate to that? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Paul. You and I have had some incredible sexual encounters. That's true. Some some of the best. Okay, yeah. Paul froze for a second there, and then Dave was talking about incredible sexual encounters, and my connection was unstable there. Oh. Uh, can you hear That's me? That's what she said. We can. Have you heard everything I've yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, let's carry on. But we'll edit out the what? racist stuff, so that won't go in. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I've, we... I've got a setting on my computer, which is if I ever use... Um, a sexual analogy in relation to Mike Ashley, everything starts breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. That's the new OS, isn't it? It's yeah. good that they've got that feature. One uh, thing I was going to say well, is that perhaps it's got something to do with Steve Bruce's uh, personality, where I'd imagine that Benitez would have walked in and been a bit like demonstrative, a bit argumentative. You almost get the impression that, you know, good old Steve Bruce will have bumbled into the Mike Ashley's, well, Lee Charlie's office with a packet of crisps and just like between mouthfuls, say, that Colin Wilson's all right. And then, you know, kept on eating. And Dude, you can't even, were like, you can't even praise him without insulting him. <laughs> no, I do, I do think it's fair to say that there's a big possibility that um, Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce have more shared interests. Yeah. I think you also yeah. can't rule out the idea that maybe Mike Ashley had a very friendly dinner lady and Steve Bruce just reminds him of that. 
<laughs> just naturally, <laughs> naturally wants to. Mike actually has always been easily persuaded to um, recruit managers who are British and who he's heard of. Mm. Yeah. And maybe now he's starting to allow that with players. Um, one of whom we haven't mentioned yet uh, in uh, Jamal Lewis. Uh, that could be an exciting signing, right, Dave? Very, very exciting signing. He Liverpool were after him to to be an understudy for Robertson, and Liverpool's recruitment lately has been unbelievable. So if they if they were keen on signing him, um, you kind of you know you kind of can be comfortable that he is a good player. I was talking to a couple of Norwich fans that I know, and they were both saying that. He's an absolute star in the making. And um, some of the stuff you've heard him saying about wanting to be the best left-back in the Premier League and that kind of ambition, that kind of um, goal-setting, I think is is really refreshing to hear. And all the reports from journalists who've interviewed him and you know pundits and all the rest of it, not only is he a, a very, very talented footballer, but he also sounds like a really good professional kid so I'm really excited to see him play um, there are still question marks about his defensive um, ability but um, he was playing in a really really poor Norwich side so I don't know how much you can criticise him if you know if he's getting overrun every game then then you know he's not going to look great but we'll see if anybody can get a good defensive performance out of him it's Steve Bruce <laughs> I think as well. Uh, Paul, Paul it's, it's nice to, it, if nothing else, it would be nice for uh, Paul Dummett to finally have some competition. Right? Yeah, it's nice to have two left-backs on the books at the same time, which I, I think we can count on one hand the number of months that's happened in the last 10 years. It never seems to happen. Yeah. So but yeah, I think the Liverpool connection, like Dave's saying, is exciting. And yeah, Norwich do seem to churn out very good youngsters, with the sole exception of Jacob Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Although you never know, they might. Did they play together? I'm assuming they did. They probably could rekindle some sort of partnership down the left. You never know. I've heard he's off yeah, the Rangers. Um, ah. Yeah, you would have thought we've got to be um, selling some wingers. Yeah. At some point in the next couple of weeks. Matt Ritchie looks to be staying, though. Which Mm-hmm. I think if he stays, I, I, I was quite sad when it was touted that Richie would be going in the other direction in a deal for Callum Wilson because he feels very important to the dressing room and who else is going to kick a corner flag into someone's bollocks? Yeah. No, right, and Matt Richie's a useful sort of utility player as well now. Yeah. He, he can play a few different roles, but you wouldn't imagine that he's going to be uh, in the first choice stand, starting lineup anywhere. No. One player that we haven't mentioned that we signed is Jeff Hendrick uh, from Burnley yeah. on a free. Yes. And he's an odd one because I don't really, I'm not all fair with his best position. He sounds like he's been signed as a bit of a utility player. Um, just asking around and, and, and reading up on him. It sounds like he's, you know, he's not, he's not a defensive midfielder. He's more a bit of a combative central midfielder, um, good tactically, but not, you know, he, he doesn't score goals. He doesn't, he's not a defensive midfielder, like I say. So I'm not really sure what his, 
what his purpose is, unless he's just been brought in for the squad. Isn't he more of like a box-to-box midfield? I mean, all I know of Jeff Hendrick is that, was it the Euros when he was for playing for Ireland and just looked incredible? And then I think Burnley signed him for about 20 million. It was the sort of player we couldn't get. And now we've we've got him, but it's it's a risk in terms of how if he is over the hill and had one good international tournament in him. I think Burnley were playing him out of position on the right, which is why he wanted to go. So it's not they wanted to keep him, and Sean Dyche seems quite a good judge of a player. Mm. So I'm not too worried. I think he's a good addition to the squad, if anything else. Yeah. I don't think he'll yeah. be getting in the first eleven. It seems like our front four is pretty obvious. But our um, t- two in central midfield, we've got a lot of sort of midfielders who are okay and a bit patchy, and it'd be interesting mm. to see. I mean, it'd be lovely if the long staffs this season start to show some of that promise. I'm looking mm. forward as well to seeing Sean Longstaff in the number ten role a bit more because there was that one yeah. game that he got injured in where he looked really promising in that position. I think Definitely. Matty Longstaff's going to get more time as well. I don't know if you saw, he's been given the number four shirt. Which seems yeah, and they're, and they're presumably paying him proper first team money now. So yeah. they'll be hoping to get some value out of that. Um, and you do hope, because we've got a lot of pace in the side and we'll probably still be playing pretty deep. It's hard to see that change. Yeah. It would be a real waste if we played a lot of long ball football. Well, nice unless it's we, sort of Shelby's, Shelby's versions of long balls, where it's kind of actually decent direct balls over the back four for yeah. four very yeah. quick people to run onto. I mean, I've I've had my say on Shelby in that, yeah, he's very good at what he does, but it just limits what the rest of the team can do and how, how flexible it is. I'd rather us play with like Longstaff and Hayden or um, like either of the Longstaffs and Hayden. And I, like I say, I don't know what Hendrick's like, but maybe Hayden Hendrick, I don't know. But <clears throat> it's, it's difficult because Shelby remains one of our best players te- technically. Um, and, you know, he was top goal scorer last season. So you can't really leave him out. So... I don't know. It's it's difficult. You've got, like you said, you've got like the two long staffs, Hendrik Hayden and Shelby, all can play in the centre of the park. Plus Saive, still. Um, so I, I don't He's know. And Barlaza, yeah, yeah, he, he was. Yeah, Barlaza. I'm excited day. about. Um, Newcastle had a media day, and you know when they they pretend to have scored a goal or something, so that either they, they can do a gif of it or whatever. Mm. I don't know. And and there's bloody Muto and Saive both both celebrating in front of the, the camera like they scored. And I was like, are they are they still there? Fucking hell, it's weird. Be, I mean, it'll be it'll be nice if they're, they're all there for it, and they do all do the bit where they um, they walk forward. Yeah. With their, the names of the back. but then there's the celebration of a goal thing with Muto. They go, actually, we don't need this one. Uh, do we have a break? Yes. I think it's time for a break. I think Let's it have is. a break. Yeah. And then we will back, be back with a little bit more positive uh, and then some proper predictions about the new season.
All right. Bye. All right. Bye. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Uh, welcome back. Good break, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, I was we, before the break. We were talking about how uh, we've got quite a few options in central midfield, none of whom are uh, entirely obvious as to who will start. But actually, we may need them all because there's going to be a lot of games coming pretty rapidly over the next few months, aren't there? even though it's not like we're in the days of being in Europe because the season started again really quickly and we're in an odd situation because there's still a pandemic, isn't there, Paul? There is, yeah. I can reveal exclusively there is a pandemic (laughs) still going on. But as well, I think it's good that we've filled in squad positions now because we've seen what happens if we... We can't get away without an injury crisis. We always seem due one. And it's going to carry on this season, the uh, five substitutions. Did they re- I thought they voted it down. I thought it was. Oh, did they? Three. Okay. All right. In that case, I don't know what I'm talking about. Which I think, in a way, it'll benefit us. Not being in Europe this season will definitely benefit teams at our level. I think that's. I think the five substitutions rule is always going to benefit sides like Man City as yeah. opposed to sides like us. So, uh, yeah, but it is going to be weird. I mean, every player that we sign talks about like what an incredible place St. James's Park is to play for and to play for those flat fans and blah, 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 blah. But it seems unlikely that there'll be any fans in there at all this season. Really? Do we think? You see, I thought they were making noises of sort of October 3rd is when fans in some capacity will be in stadiums again. Right, maybe, yeah, very... Um, That's what socially... Arsenal are preparing for. Right. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'd be surprised. Hearing it onto the news. It all seems like it's kicking off again, doesn't it? The old um, virus. Yeah. But um, I th- what... What's your modelling telling you about the, um, <laughs> the infection rate, Dave? <laughs> that we've all panicked. And we shouldn't have. No, it's uh, bollocks. <laughs> um, like the whole, the whole thing is just um, like the whole this season um, is going to be weird because, like you say, everything's going to be crammed in. It's all going to be in front of empty stadium. There's going to be a, a game on every other bloody night, and it's it's 
it'll still feel like a continuation of last season for me. So I don't know what to what to make of it. And and the, the, the sort of good thing is we've sort of been warmed up as fans to watching it without supporters. And by the end of last season, I was able to get almost the same amount of joy from watching a football match. Yeah. Fans, which I think they, is worrying because it sort of means that fans are you know, becoming less of an integral part of the sport. But but I think after after it all kicked off at the end of last season, I thought there was going to be... I just thought it wouldn't compare to normal football. But as, when we still had something to play for, when we immediately came back, it was properly exciting again. I think a lot of that, though, is to do with how well we played immediately on our return. Mm. And I think if we'd, if we'd been middling and shit, I don't think you would have been as excited at all. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll... I mean, now's as good a time to talk about it as any, but I felt the, the statement that came out from Ashley about the takeover... Um, it's kind of ruined my excitement for the for the season. Um, okay, like well, update, temporarily. Us on, update us on the statement, Dave. For oh. anyone who's not following it, so basically Mike Ashley's come out and said that he feels that the well NUFC feels that the um, the the process undertaken by the Premier League wasn't fair and it wasn't appropriate, and that Richard Masters has um, has denied them the opportunity to get a takeover and hasn't applied the rules properly or anything like that. And that Mike Ashley is um, seeking, like looking into legal options, which, I mean, there's a lot to unpack, but essentially he's, he's saying that um, Premier League have rejected it and they shouldn't have. Now the Premier League have come back and said, we haven't rejected it. As we said last time, we didn't get the chance to reject it because the PIF withdrew. Um, I, I believe the PL on that side of things. I, I think that that's been their stance from the off and it just scans with everything else we've heard. And for Mike Ashley to take this opportunity to, to kick the hornet's nest, is just fucking weird. I don't, I don't understand it. Normally he'd use a takeover rumour to hide a disappointing transfer window or like poor performance in the league or... I don't know, like to encourage people to buy tickets to, to attend St. James's, but none of that's true. So I do not understand the value in having a, like using this PR stunt. Uh, I don't get it because to be honest, while we were signing good players and while there was a, uh, you know, the, the kernel of optimism about what the season's going to hold, I'd kind of forgotten about Mike Ashley being a cunt, but just from a, I think from a personal point of view for him, he the 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 takeover bid was real. He really wants the cash. So yeah. I I think he's trying to find a way of making it happen and they and is seeing an opportunity at the moment to to mobilize a new Cassie United fan base that has hated him for years but actually has a, such an appetite for this takeover that he's trying to sort of like actually get them on his side to to fight for it to happen. But I'm, 
then that would be my guess. But have you got any thoughts on it, Paul? I'd say it's not really bothered me, his statement, because it's not changed anything. I kind of, I've, since we got our new signings, I've kind of put the takeover to the back of my mind, assumed it's not going to happen. I'm much happier that way, not having the sort of the quandary of what's going to happen and where do you draw the line with what you're willing to support in modern football, even without all of that side of it. I just think all that's happened is Mike Ashley's come out and done something stupid, but that's that's the status quo. That's not really a change. I'm, I'm more excited about this season than I was about last season by a mile because we're actually oh, yeah, signing definitely. the players we need. Me too. And yeah. I, think, I feel like we should take the opportunity as fans to think about something other than takeover. <laughs> There's just so much... You just get so bogged down in like what so and so said and what so and so said. Legal position. We all suddenly become experts on particular investment funds and lawyers, and it's just so tiresome. And it never when goes. Arbitration needs everyone. Ar- yeah, never goes anywhere, and everyone involved is a cunt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I, as well. We've got Newcastle fans being. Like, well, the government wanted this to happen. So, you know, and then you look at the people who you're saying are in the right, and it's like it's Mike Ashley and it's Boris Johnson and it's the Saudi Sandys. regime. And yeah. you're just like, let's just, I mean, I'm the, sort of the, glad this might not be happening. I think yeah. that not happening in conjunction with us actually signing players who we might need shows what can be happened if you run a football club hard. It almost hard. feels like it's got to the point where. We've, football has become, for a while there, became such a small part of what supporting Newcastle United was about that it was like all we were, all the sort of general energy of the fan base was about the great victories for us would be getting rid of Mike Ashley and bringing in whoever, getting rid of Steve Bruce but now we're actually like we've bought some players. The people who've bought them we might not like, and the motivations might be wrong or whatever. But like it actually gives us something to be positive about the season. And I think, I think as well, even if you don't like Steve Bruce, the signings we've made make us more attractive to other managers if Steve Bruce does fuck up. Whereas before you sort of thought that's the caliber of manager we'll get. Now we're we're more attractive to an outside manager who's seen, well, Mike Ashley can put his money in his pocket for certain signings if he can get that through to him. And there's we're a also, strong squad there. We're also more attractive to other potential owners. And yeah. my last my last line on the on the, the, the uh, Saudi thing is that unless the Saudis like clear the air with B in and or be in, stop being a broadcast partner of the Premier League. They're not going to own us. That's that's it. That's yeah. like it does. It doesn't matter what pressure comes from what part of the government or which government or what, fans or anything. The only thing that's going to change is if Saudi government stop pirating or be in, stop broadcasting. That's it. That's that's the last of it for me. Welcome. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I've got some. Um some uh, questions and comments and whatever from our listeners. So I'm going to tuck right in 
uh, with Michael Galloway, who says, I mean, nothing to do with football. When you were younger, did you believe that fish and chips were cotton chips? And were you horrified when you found out that other fish were sometimes used, i.e. hake or pollock? Well, I, mean, I knew that I knew that cod was used in um, fish and chip shops that were further away from the coast because cod doesn't travel as well. And haddock is the, the fish that you get on the coast, uh, and it's better. So I knew that. So, um, well, sorry. a phenomenal insight from Dave there. I actually come from a fishing family. So, yes, I, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. My, my grandfather was a trawlerman. My uncle was a trawlerman. My cousin's a trawlerman. Explains why you're always angling for compliments. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's no. actually sea fishing, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is very offensive, Dave. Come on. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, I was not horrified uh, or surprised, but, yes, if I think of fish and chips, I do tend to think of cod. Thank you, Michael Galloway. Do continue to ask questions about seafood. Or any other foodstuffs. Or any other foodstuffs. This podcast will will talk about anything you like. John <laughs> Coburn, have we learned something, anything from this takeover about the standards like we... Have we learned anything from this takeover about standards? Like, would we take literally anyone other than Ashley, Ashley, even mass human rights abusers? We have covered this an awful yeah. lot. I think we've learned as a fan base, almost certainly, we would take we would take Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, and there's, it's easy to understand why, but sometimes there's a bit of, bit of the devil, you know. I would have thought. When you look back over the history of some clubs over the last few years, often what precedes a terrible, terrible owner is a massive desire upon amongst the fan base for a new owner. Mm. And then they get someone. Anyway. Bedford Mag says, meh, what's the point anymore? Well, I'm sorry you're feeling like that, Bedford Mag. Usually there with at least six or seven questions. But um, which, frankly, we need sometimes. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so I mean, please, we love you, Bedford Mag, um, and I hope that uh, you're doing all right. Nick Bird says, Mon- "Money Mike Ashley Twitter account has been continually on point throughout the takeover. Who is behind it? I have no idea. Thoughts on that? Mm. No. no. Okay, good. I Theo hope it's Penn. Banksy. Here's a proper. <laughs> Theo Penn says, what's our target for this coming season? Is it a case of just trying to stay up? Can we realistically aim for top 10? That's a proper question. Dave? Yeah, we can aim for top 10. We've got, we've got a striker. We've got a supply line. We've got some exciting forwards. My only concern is our defence. Um, I still don't have faith in... Um, I'm not having a go. I still don't have a faith in Steve Bruce organising the defence. And all it takes is Dubravka to have a long-term injury. And we're down to Darlow, who, with all due respect, is nowhere near as good as Martin Dubravka. So we can aim for a top 10. But I think, I reckon, pretty much the same as where we were, but just a little bit more comfortably with a little bit better football this season. So, yeah, 
that's that's where Steve, I'm at. Steve Bruce organised the Man United defence for their first title in thirty years or whatever it was, Dave. So have some goddamn respect. Um, he he played in the defence. He didn't fucking organise it. He was the captain. I think we should be looking at top ten with the additions we've made. Not just the additions we've made, but the fact the players we've held on to. You'd have St. Maximin in his second season. Almiron hopefully kicking on a bit. Second and a half season, so yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we're I don't definitely, see any... We're definitely a club who does have the potential at the moment when you look at it to have a, a, a top half season. There's a lot of clubs making a lot of signings that could work out really well or really go tits up. Leeds yeah. could be a top 10 side this season. Sheffield... Um, could or could very much not. And also, you, you look at... But my thing is that you look at some of the teams who had a really bad season by their standard last year, like Everton Arsenal, and they'll be picking up points uh, where where perhaps they didn't last season. We seem so, to say that about Everton every season. Everton, it could be... It's fascinating what will go on at Everton. I mean, they've just signed Hammers Rodriguez. Mm. They just keep on signing like the same players... But I think every time there's a club like that that underachieves, when they finally do start achieving, a similar club that you don't expect to drop will just drop. I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Spurs at Mourinho become Everton. You never know. Have you been watching All or Nothing? Not yet. No, not yet. It's, it's on my it's list. So entertaining. I really, really love it. I mean, like the, like all of those things, it's it's... You assume that the deal is that they only let go out what the club allows them to, to go out. I've heard about the Danny Rose confrontation, which is quite interesting for us. It's just, it's not, it's not phenomenally dramatic, but you do get to see Mourinho have a conversation with Harry. Go up to Harry Kane in training in the first few days and say, after training, come to my office. And then you see him have his first proper conversation with Harry Kane in his office, just the two of them, about what he sees Harry Kane like as a footballer and how he sees his career. You get him to see him do that with Deli Ali and Eric Deer. It's fucking amazing that you get to see the first conversation the every team talk. It's like, just the access is just... Amazing, because you never normally see that sort of shit, do you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I, I, I definitely think, what was the question? Is it just a case of trying to stay up? I think we're agreed that, I mean, obviously that is the first aim. We're not, we're not immune from getting into a relegation battle, but we're all hopeful that we could achieve something better than that, right? Yeah, I yeah. think as well, it's easy to see three teams that you would definitely expect to go down ahead of us. Much, yeah. I think the gap between us and who you'd consider would go down is much less than it was last season. Without, uh, without yeah, should we just do, what's our predictions now for our, where we'll finish in the table? I don't say nine. 13th. Dave's gone Take for that first. in a bag of crisps. Oh. Dave's gone for 13th Paul's gone for 9th I think I was I was going to go for 10th 
there are no matter how excited we are about these players they are all signed from recently relegated sides which doesn't mean anything in of itself no true but I, for for me, it's it's less about how good we are, and it's more about how the other teams around us have either strengthened or are just stronger than that's us. What, that's so that's I, what I mean. Is that, I, that there actually are? I'm very excited about these players because they they feel different to players that we've signed the mm. last couple of years. I think we seem to have strengthened but, better than everyone around us. We're in so far. With. I'd agree. Burnley and Burnley and West Ham haven't made a I think I think they've made like one signing each and Brighton they've they've signed a few players but nothing to pull up trees about West Ham um, are selling so, youth players to get money for more aging overpaid like Italian yeah. strikers yeah these are all clubs that we should hope to finish ahead of so yeah yeah uh, there are positives. Come on, Dave, join us on the optimism train. I am. I'm optimistic. 13th. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to read something from Geordie Ash, completely fresh. I haven't read it. Here we go. Matt Ritchie is 31 today. In what typical murderous rage, Ritchie-esque <laughs> manner, will he extinguish the candles from his cake <laughs> and destroy anyone attempting to give him the bobs? Bra- brackets, obviously, if it's Atsu, he'd just kick him up the arse like he's trying to boot him into space. Which I think is a reference to something he's done in the past. Yeah. Goal celebration. Yeah, I mean... Great yeah. question. I mean, you'd assume that he's just going to go for a kung fu kick. A straight kick, yeah. I I I think he'll get right up close to the candles and just deliver the Mel Gibson speech from Braveheart loudly, like loads of phlegm, and just extinguish him that way. You would assume that uh, him and Ryan Fraser know each other pretty well, having played together at Bournemouth and... Both it, being Scottish. Yeah. Both being very <laughs> Scottish. It'll all be up to... Yeah. Right, what was it he shouted at that referee during during the no crowd games last season? Matt Ritchie shouted something at a ref. Basically swearing at him. What was it? Oh, was I it? do remember that, but I don't remember. Oh, fuck. Was. That's what I think he's going to shout at his cake as he drop kicks it. <laughs> into someone's bollocks <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm so glad he's staying if he does stay I'm... yeah I mean happy birthday Matt Ritchie must be one of our oldest players and yeah. uh, and seems like a nice guy just I'm for man. a lunatic yeah he's like he's a lovable Begbie type but he's not like he's elusive. But he's not like particularly vicious. It's not like he's throws in no. loads of knee high tackles. It's just no, true. You tell that to Christian Atsu's ass. He's a gentleman murderer. <laughs> uh, Paul M asks: Have the recent additions drastically changed your predictions of our final league position? Um, oh yeah, are they? Yes. We just said that, and I think uh, we just answered that question. 
Uh, One Up Gaming. How do you feel about the team actually buying players for the positions needed for once? Well, as we say, we've covered that. Feels pretty good, One Up Gaming. Feels pretty good. Uh, And also, they say it's their 250th podcast soon. So, congratulations. Well done. To them. I've got no idea how many Newcastle Nutters there have been. I've been through every iteration of this podcast. This trio has been going on for years, but before that, we had. We moved up from League One. We had so, we had, we had so many. Um, Charlie Hunter, Luke Benson, Ben Van der Velde, yeah. yeah, all legends. Was God? It, yeah. God rest them. God rest them. <laughs> all dead. Tra- just a tragedy. We had <laughs> the ghost of Charlie Hunter. We had to. Get, we had to get. Um, maintain interest from the viewers by uh, killing them all off in a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Sheldon says is the recent spending spree which he puts in um, in uh, inverted commas which suggests some cynicism and buying of a 28 year old because new owners are controlling transfers or are we doing the usual and about to sell ASM to a southern club for circa 30 million um, I, don't, I don't think it's either of those. It's definitely not the first one because we don't have new owners and we're not likely to for for at least this this window. And selling St. Maximum, we're not going to sell in this this window at, at least. Is, no, we, we wouldn't sell St. Maximum now. So, no, Sheldon, you're wrong. I really hope that uh, we're not selling St. Maximum, but it's certainly possible. I think we in have, any other window, normally, of, yeah, go on. I think awesome. we'd be more worried. But the way every other club's finances have been hit, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to offer us a figure that we would accept for St. Maximum. But no, it's not like we've we, last season, last transfer window, we spent a lot more in terms of transfer yeah. fee. We've actually we've got two players on freeze and we've got Callum Wilson for 20 million, which is not a lot of money really. And um, Jamal Lewis uh, for 14. We've broken our wage ceiling. I think is the the only key difference. Yeah. Right. Um, There is, I I did hear that we do need to offload a bit if uh, we want to, sign any more and apparently Steve Bruce does want to sign more the talk I is think, that, what is it he wants the talk is he wants another striker and I think a striker on loan we keep getting linked with Rian Brewster from Liverpool mm-hmm. but so is about 10 other clubs but I think and as well from Arsenal as well I think in yeah. yeah I think centre-back we keep apparently we we're close to getting Rob Holding on loan but now Arteta seems to see him as part of their plans. But I do feel like we need we need another centre back, but we need to offload either Lejeune. Is Lejeune gone? No, Lejeune's gone. Yeah, yeah, Lejeune. Yeah. Lejeune's Lejeune. gone out on loan. He's but I feel like Fabian Scher as well has shown enough that he can't play as part of a back two. And I think that's going to be our main thing next season. So I think while there's still anything we could get from him, because he's only got a year left on his contract, I think. I would I think there's not much of a future for Cher 
at us. Well, you'd be very surprised if Rian Brewster came to us because, I mean, I wouldn't if I was him. Because well, he's not he's, he's not going to be first choice striker ahead of Callum Wilson, mm. and yeah, we so don't play with two up front. Ball. So no, I, I would say that I want um, a deputy for Isaac Hayden because currently we don't have an out and out defensive midfielder other than Isaac Hayden. I know a few of the players can play that role, but none of them are proper defensive midfielders, and we need one. Yeah, I guess. But if you look at there's odd games where we've shown we don't. Sort of the the Man U game with the two long staffs in the middle. There's enough energy there to fill in the same role if they're both on their day. Yeah, but I, I Hayden's prefer, our like, Hayden's our best in that role. But I think I don't think we're desperately weak. It's not like we've got a load of Shelby's and then just Hayden. But then Hayden's only got a year left on his contract as well. So I would much prefer us to go off and sign uh, a defensive midfielder to almost be our first choice defensive midfielder in Hayden playing backup mm. so that when his contract runs off, he can go away or we can sell him. Um, but I, I think that's an area that is overlooked time and time again, but it's absolutely vital to a team that plays such a low block because if you haven't got a good defensive midfielder in front of that, in front of your defence, you're just getting absolutely peppered all the time. So that's... That's okay. my position. I'm sticking to it. Mind. I do think we're not. We probably won't sign one though. The number of centre midfielders we've got, and the, we don't even seem to be getting linked with any. I think striker and centre back seem to be the only positions we're looking at. Yeah. Sorry, but we have we have been linked. We were linked with Babakari Sumar. Um, oh, he's on. We, we tried to sign last window though, isn't it? That was the yeah for thirty five million, and and that one's come up again. Um, we've been linked with him again this this window. Um, so. We are getting linked with centre midfielders. Uh, I just, yeah, it's just it's it's a bugbear of mine that nobody thinks about the defensive midfielder. Okay, well we'll see. Nobody thinks about the defensive midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most important cog in the wheel. Um, okay, uh, we play this Saturday. Just. 48 hours from now, as we record, the game will have recently finished and we'll be watching the post-match interviews. Uh, We're playing West Ham away. It's on Sky. I have foolishly accepted an invitation to go to a friend's house and therefore will not see it. But... uh, West Ham away, first game of the season. Dave, prediction? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'll, I'll allow you to expand if you want. Uh, they haven't made any signings, but they're still, they've still got a decent side. Um, they've still got really good, two, a good centre-half pair, partnership. Um, they've still got, you know... Antonio's a decent striker and I think it's going to take a while for the, our new boys to, to settle in and they're not they won't have had a lot of pre-season so um, yeah 1-1 one, one. Paul? Yeah it's, it's hard to disagree with that they've got one player who's going to be out quarantining I can't remember who someone quite good but yeah they it's, it's tricky with West Ham because 
sometimes they'll start strong and then fall apart and become a basket case club. And sometimes they'll start as a basket case club, hire a new manager and finish strong. So it depends which West Ham they're going to be this season. Mm. Well, you won't have... I mean, we're two clubs that part of the basket case can thing can be a really uh, miserable fan base, right? Mm. Presumably, if there were fans in on the first game of the season, then uh, Newcastle fans would be in a pretty good mood at the moment. Yeah. But, West, yeah. Um, but that's been a a negative for us in the past couple of seasons is the atmosphere at the ground has been pretty bad. And well, their squad seems quite down. I don't know if you saw their winger that they sold to yeah. from. You had Mark Noble, the captain, criticising the board for selling him and a few mm. of their own players retweeting that. You just think that it's very rare stuff like that's going on in the background and a team starts well. It's usually us that has that sort of thing going on. Yeah, I mean, if their fans were in the stadium, then I would have definitely thought that we'd be a good shout to win that game. Mm. I'm going to go 2-1 us, actually. Yeah, even without um, that, I do think there's a bit of a stink about West Ham. So yeah, Paul's going 2-1 to us. I'm going to go 2-0 to us away. I mean, why not? Um, It's Thomas Suchek that's going to miss because he's quarantined Uh and he was one of their better players last season. Big, dominant Good in the air, centre midfielder. Um, he's gone. So it'll be like Eklund Rice and Noble in the centre, and Noble's absolutely immobile. So I might change mine to 2 1. To us. And then on uh, Tuesday night, we've, uh, we're in the League Cup. We start our, uh, our, our search for a trophy again. Uh, and the second round of the League Cup will be playing Blackburn Rovers at home. It's the Kevin Gallagher Derby. Yeah. Adam Campbell, is he? Is it Adam Campbell or the other one? The striker that we sold to them. Do you mean Alan Armstrong? Adam Armstrong. Alan Armstrong, that's it. Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong. Alan Armstrong was from like 30 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Blackburn Rovers, I mean, you don't have to make a prediction. But, you know, that'll be... 2-0. That'll be, like, hopefully we might get a little bit of rotation there. That could be interesting. Yeah. I think we are going to have to rotate a lot more than we did last season. Okay. I've got Lewis Holtby. Mm. Blackburn have got Lewis Holtby. Yeah. Uh, He, the... German, English, Spurs player, former Spurs, former Fulham, absolutely brilliant on Football Manager a few years (laughs) ago. The next Luka Modric. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, uh, that changes everything. That changes everything. Okay. Well, uh, it's great to be back, guys. And, uh, it's it's nice to do uh, a whole Newcastle nutter where the majority of it was talking about relatively positive things. Oh, also, before we do go, a quick reminder, if you haven't re-signed back up for it, the Natter Fantasy League is back up. Is it? I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, shit. 
I thought you'd be in it. Maybe not. I'm surprised you did back from more. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, um, in the last Nut of Fantasy League, I did finish ahead of Paul and Dave. That's true. I closed the gap a bit towards the end, though. Sure. And I didn't, do, I didn't do anything to the fantasy team post-lockdown, so it's a pretty I, big I, I didn't do anything to the fantasy team after about fucking October, so... Okay. Well, you're like one of them kids at school, Dave, who doesn't try because they're worried that if they do try and fail then it'll feel worse than not trying and failing you see what I'm saying no I'm I'm one of those kids from school who had a 40 month old son who's got more important shit to deal with than trying to pick whether or not he plays Alan St Maximum or Ryan Fraser well Dave I've got a three year old son but I love my son so. And <laughs> I've got a three-year-old son and a Twitter account. So <laughs> if you do want to join the Nata League, I will say the code for joining the league apparently is, the letters are all lowercase, it's Q765JP. If that doesn't work, tweet us and we'll send out the right information. But there's already... Maybe we should tweet that from the account, right? Yeah. Is there any danger at doing that? Maybe some of us have got busy. <laughs> Maybe some of us have got shit to do. Come on, get yeah. on. <laughs> you, you're the one with the fucking Twitter account. You do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Okay. What else are you going to do? Care for your son? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't yet. <laughs> Didn't even recognise you. You're wow. a mess. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. There's only two minutes twenty left on the Zoom meeting. <laughs> So uh, we'll leave it there. I'm a terrible father. <laughs> can't be asked uh, to anything. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Burgess. Thank yes, thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle United <laughs> listener. Goodbye. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.